We used to write letters every day. Have you seen a victory letter? It's just oh, yeah, the emails. Uh-huh. The, the, the letters themselves are the envelopes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wait. So, um, so, you said you have pictures? Well, I, I have some. Do you? Oh, thank you. I looked them up this morning. I keep them downstairs in the box. Uh, do you need help to get them? Would you mind if we take some pictures of this at the end of the interview? Oh, so we could. Yeah. Oh, that's now, great. There's, well, there's a lot of conflict. That's, that's in Liege, Belgium. That's all you see here. Uh-huh. All the bombs and all hit in there. Wow. I've got copies. Copy. Medical amazing. supply. That's so where did, where did you serve? In, in Liege, Belgium. Okay. For uh, 13 months. 13 months. This is, in fact, they've got so bad that I, uh, there's Liège, Belgium, and here's all. And you live there? We live there, and here's where all the bombers were all around here. You can see how many it had. V2 and V1 rockets and uh, strafing and all. Was Germany attacking Belgium when you were there, or were you just? When we were living in Belgium, you could see Aachen, you could see uh, uh, flashes of uh, bombs or shells going off in Aachen, Germany. Wow. That's amazing. How, what was your reaction to the bombs? From <laughs> 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 running downstairs. Oh we lived in the house of we lived right in the middle of the city, just about, and it was called a School of High Studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess they turned it over to uh, our, our company, and we lived in the building, in a three-story building, and evidently it was a school for a bunch of girls, but it, it was a one day there, just a caretaker, and his family were there. What was the communications like during the war? As in, I know that you had the V-mails and such, but like, did you ever make phone calls or were there? Uh, I remember sometimes seeing pictures of soldiers wearing like, giant radios on giant radio backpack things. <laughs> no. no, we when we um, went to France, it was a D plus ninety ninety days after D day, but we had to take our whole uh, supply with us. Uh, uh, yeah, everything they had, and uh, we had one of one of those landing crafts, and had to go off on the in the water. I, in fact, I drove jeep the whole time. That's so how I lucked out on that way. I got a lot of a lot of different stuff here. I don't have anything in order, but I had one. Do you have any Blondie? Huh? Do you have any pictures of Blondie? <laughs> <laughs> that might be Blondie. Who was the other Blondie? What was the other girl's name? Oh, it's a, uh, after he came home, this is what? Oh, was he a flirt? Were you a flirt? <laughs> this was in the age Belgium. This is 
Ford Gods. I had one picture here. That's the boy standing in the, uh, this is right close to the. Is that you in the Jeep? No. No? Yeah, that's me, that's yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I used to go, I went to see my brother a couple times. He was in the uh, ordinance, mm -hmm. and he one of those big, he drove one of those big tank retrievers. And you pick up tanks from the front, and sometimes they bring back German tanks and send them to Aberdeen proving ground to tear them apart. So for me, now he said you really had to watch yourself <clears throat> because they would uh, booby trap them. Uh, wow. so, I didn't know they did that. That's, oh. <laughs> I didn't know they booby trapped them. What booby trap? Anything. While I was in Belgium, this is Belgium. I got one picture here. Was laughing. They, sh they shouldn't have been laughing. It was the Battle of the Bulge. We we're about 15 miles away. I don't know where it is. All that's my brother's truck. This is my Jeep. So your brother and you were, were um were serving together? <laughs> no, he, both of us in the army, but he would come by there, going towards the front. He and uh, he had about three or four fellows on one truck uh, with a tank retriever. We'd bring back tanks and would take that many on the truck to come back. <clears throat> this, is, this is the street we had gone. As it did, we lived up on top of that in the river there. That was in Germany, I think, went by. This is the school where we lived. It was called, uh, the street was real so hay. And then we lived, uh, we had a motor pool on Rue de Paradis, means Rue, uh, Street of Paradise. Someplace near had a picture of four, three guys standing with a rifle, four guys standing with a rifle, laughing. But uh, when the Battle of the Bulge, they took our, we couldn't, we couldn't carry a gun because we were the medics. So he took our uh, red car, cross cars away from us and, and gave us a, a, a rifle, but no shells. As I say, we're only about 15 miles away from the Battle of the Bulge. Were you scared? Were you, how scared were you? <laughs> were you like, ah? Yeah. Well, you have to run downstairs. Maybe hear one of those bombs coming. It sounded like a six for six, a big truck. Mm -hmm. And you hear it coming, you, you know there's going to be a bomb coming by. So we'd run downstairs, and our first sergeant, a little short guy, we was calling him Mother Maffey. His name Sergeant Maffey. And, and he was you know, in charge of everything, tell you what to do, what to eat, anything else. That's our, that's our motor pool sergeant. Dean P. White, he's in Pennsylvania. Were all these guys the same age as you? Uh, not really. No. And this is the river, the Muse River. And they had, they had a like entertainment center at one time. And I, I have a picture here somewhere, but I probably wouldn't be able to find it real quick. It's an amusement center. Um, have you, wait. Have you had these pictures scanned in by the CV Star Center at any point? Huh? Have you showed these pictures to the people at the CV Star Center? No. Um, because they just kept them in the cellar. 
They'd be more than, because I'll tell you, we'd be more than willing to like scan yeah. them and preserve them if you'd like. See, that, that's a big truck. And that's a, what was that truck used for? Looks like Carrying tanks, big mm -hmm. tanks. Used for the big tanks, okay. Yeah, wow. and have to roll them up on there. It was a broken down, you know, been shot at or something at the front line. Jeez. And they would bring them back and either repair them or send them, I guess, send them to probably Aberdeen, I don't know, to be fixed. And as a bomber, we got a ride on a bomber at one time. That was after the war. They, they were going up and set the compass or something. I guess they want to give everybody a little break. And this is a street, uh, I forget what it's called, but uh, that was in the age of Belgium, too. There it is, too. But it went up to what's called a citadel. In the old days, it had a, one big high place. They defended the city. So this is a, up on top of the citadel. Where, and uh, after the war, they dug some people up from there. They buried there from World War II. Would you like one of your pictures from a copy of the manuals? Um, I think I have to not. Um, we can do that after the interview. We can do that after. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
were approved yeah. before they had the invasion. But during the time of the invasion, boy, the guy was black with the planes. When did you get home from the war? Oh, you, well, you were discharged from my yeah. university. 44, 45. 45. Uh, that one the one Sunday? Yeah, it ended over there. Wasn't that? And it didn't know this. Uh, I, think it, I think August. Well, that's when the whole war ended. Um, what was it like coming back? Huh? What was it like coming back? Worse than going over. Worse than going over? Yeah. <laughs> we went over on what you call the Alder France. It's a great big ship. It's something like Queen Mary and Queen Elizabeth. And they used to carry 10,000 people. Now, I don't know what this carried, but it was a mess of people. And they got going out in the, and they zigzag. They wouldn't, they wouldn't go in a convoy because they'd go fast enough they could uh, miss the U-boats. They couldn't get sights set on them. But <laughs> we got a little way out, and some dude in there, <coughs> GI, just like the rest of us, they opened up a porthole so they could get some air. And the great big light, I guess, shined out all over the ocean. Made a perfect target for somebody. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of stuff you had to put up with somebody like that. Um, <clears throat> I guess this one's for Francis. Um, what was what was like the reaction when the war ended? The war ended. Yeah, like what happened? Oh, everybody very happy, but most of the uh, things were centered around churches. Yeah. They opened up the churches at night, and I think they had one big service for the town. I, I think the Episcopal Church, I'm not sure about where we went. And, and everybody was real happy and started thinking about when everybody would be coming home and whatnot. So, was, was there any rationing during... That time? Any what? Rationing? Did anyone, was there Ration. any? Oh, the whole time we were right. rationed. What kind of foods were rationed? What was rationed? I don't remember. I remember, I think some meats. Mm -hmm. and of course, gasoline, which is not a food. Yeah. And uh, we didn't feel it too much. I raised. On, I was raised on a farm. I grew up in the country. Okay. And, uh, and so you were fortunate to have some Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I spent more time in town after I got, you know, got to, in high school. After I went there, high school, I started staying in town with friends. What did the college do um, for to support the war effort? Because you were in college for a year or so? I don't, I, I think, I, well, I don't, I don't remember other than they did have a service, you know. But I don't remember anything other than that. It was just, there, there must have been some other things, you know. Was the community closer? as a whole during the war? I guess so. But the community was closer anyway in those days. Yeah. We had families who had always been here, you know, and whatnot. And, that, and the whole town was uh, family businesses down on High Street. And um, they, uh, a lot of them uh, lasted until they, that generation got older, you know. Mm -hmm. but, and then we started having different kinds of stores. But, and then there was a grocery store on every corner. Every, a lot of businesses and people, you know, earning a living that way. And I, and I grew up out in the country, uh, and there was a grocery store in Wharton, 
and in Fairleigh, and I mean, a couple of them, some places, you know, Lynch, all those places. There's we had three drug stores in town. Ration cards there. Yeah, that's ration cards. But that one is mine, on the surface. But there's some in there that's, uh, I think, a town ration card. There's a gasoline one, I think, ration card. Did you miss any foods in particular? Did I what? Did you miss any foods in particular during that time? Any foods? Yeah, all products, I guess, like maybe you couldn't drive around because gas was rationed and so were the tires and stuff. Well, we had, uh, yeah, but we had cows and hogs and, you know, farm, what country people have. And uh, I don't think we, and my, and I don't think we missed anything. We were fortunate, and I don't think people in town really missed anything. I think rationing on shoes could have been a little bit mm -hmm. hard, and, and nylons. And we get, they used to give us things like this in high school. Recipe. Cookie recipes. Have you seen anything like that? Yeah. And uh, you could always send candy and what stuff to the people in the service, but they. they had to write a letter and tell and ask you if you had to send candy and you take that to the post office when you mailed it. Of course, we knew everyone. It wasn't hard at all. And what's this? Oh, that's more cookies for the boys in camp. Here's how we traveled a lot, Red Star bus lines. We could go from here to, uh, and go up through Kennedyville and Galena and all to my friend of mine's grandparents who lived in Cecilton. We could go for about 20 or 25 cents, you know, and all. But then, too, people worked all day hard for a dollar a day or something, too, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, was there like a view, like how did people view world events going on before uh, Pearl Harbor? Like did they look at it, uh, like Europe and say we should stay out of there? Or did they say we should attack or did people I was, see, I, I was young, I was in high school, I don't remember anything like that. We didn't speak out the way you young people do now either. Mm -hmm. One thing we didn't have, the background experiences to speak out. And Charles went into service from high school too, and that's what almost all the boys did. We always had a big garden out in the country. <laughs> yeah. no, my, my parents did until the day they were gone and moved to town, you know. Yeah. Um, were there like any German, Italian, or Japanese Americans living around who like didn't feel comfortable? I don't know if how many we had on the shore. Um, they did bring some prisoners of war at one time, down around Rehoboth and Seaford or someplace, wasn't it, Charles? Is that where the prisoners of war were? But um, I don't remember anything about any of, any of that. You didn't have any POWs on your farm? No. no. I don't think there were any in the, in the county even. There may have been, but I didn't know of any. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a small world then. Yeah. <laughs> were there, did, did women get like a defense job working in factories yeah. and such? Defense, we had one defense plan. And a lot of women went to work then for the first time mm -hmm. in the defense plan. My mother uh, worked in a dress shop downtown when my sister and I high school and college, you know. How were the businesses like during the, um, the war? Well, the businesses were yeah. like, oh, just like they'd always been, I guess. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. I don't think we felt the shortage that a lot of people felt. At least we, I wasn't aware of it. So the rationing didn't really affect them in a way, like the supermarkets? How, 
We didn't have a supermarket. We had fam We had a small A and P store on High Street, and a small uh, American store, which later became the Acme. And then we had a lot of, as I said, local businesses, grocery stores, and shops and things. There was one on the corner of Queen Street and Cannon Street, one down near Can uh, Queen Street and High Street on the left, and about three in the block from Cross Street to Mill Street, isn't that right, Charles? And then out on the edge of town were a couple, two or three. And up on, oh, Mr. Three places in town in the horseshoe that put shoes on horses. Oh, yeah, we did have places to shoe horses. <laughs> did you ever hear that? Horseshoes, blacksmith. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had, wow. yeah. And then out uh, there, so we had loads of places to eat and they all made a living. Um. Oh, actually, uh, Charles, were there any women serving in the military? Any women? In the military? And nurses. Nurses? Yeah. In fact, uh, we'd be on duty. We'd be on duty uh, sometime uh, in the motor pool, and the officers would have a party or something, and you'd have to take their friend home, you know, wherever she was living. You had parties and some women were... Huh? You had par you had some like gatherings for like parties or no? Ladies, officers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just the officers? Yeah. Oh. The rest of the guys were on their own. lots of them. So, and that little house I, I recognize that we had a picture of, mm -hmm. we were all around on the edges of towns and scattered out watching for airplanes and then they would call in if they saw one that had binoculars, they could read the numbers on it. And a lot of people volunteered for that and helped that way. But we often had a dance at the armory to raise, I know, for the war. And but the back people. in college used to have the games down down to the armory. Sometimes they did before the new gym and all, yeah. But th that, I don't remember they were, they probably made their donations, but I don't remember they were to first uh, raise money for that. But they used to have a lot of bond drives and things like that. Were there any parades or anything? Mm -hmm. We always had parades in town. Nice bands and whatnot. Mm -hmm. just, were people just more patriotic and like, during that time, or? Yeah, so we didn't have the mixture of people with the different beliefs and, and customs and things like that. Mm -hmm. We were all Eastern Shore farm people and country people, you know. Yeah. Very patriotic. <laughs> so were there like any city people or not really? Well, sometimes in the summertime at Betterton, and then the ferry boat came from Baltimore to Talchester and people would come over for Tallchester as an amusement park. Have you probably heard of Tallchester? I've heard of it. Uh -huh. It's still around? All kinds of rides and things down there, you know. Yeah. Like, it's still, mm -hmm. Wait, is it still around? Pardon? Is it still around? Yeah, it's a development, no longer park. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, and all those things sort of went out one by one, you know. Mm. Ways of, when automobiles became so plentiful and whatnot. And we never, and we never had a car to ride in when we were in high school and college. Of course, the college didn't allow cars at that time. 
uh, it has special permission if you had a job or something and needed one. What was the reason for that? Well, safety, and I guess I don't think many people had them. Kids didn't have, I don't think many kids had cars either. Mm -hmm. And what I'm talking about probably your great grandparents, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, what are we talking about? Oh, but we walked everywhere. And like the place downtown on Cross Street, we were talking about Charles's family place. It was uh, started out being a soda fountain and a lunchroom, and his father and uncle then put a dance floor in downstairs because it was very difficult to get to, like get to Betterton on Saturday nights, and uh, we, that was our hangout after school and everything. And then there was um, another place up um, the college. Co that's College Avenue now, the upper part of the northern part of College Avenue, and there's a what used to be the old health center, a brick building there, and then a small brick building and all. Well, right on the other side of that was another place called Bill Bennett's, and he started out fixing cars with gasoline, selling gasoline. Then he got into a lunchroom and soda fountain and put a dance floor in. So it was just one mile from down across street up to Bill Bennett's, and we could really travel that one mile. <laughs> Well, you know, to see some of the kids or something, but uh, and we we rode bicycles all the time, and and the, about the, and we used to go to Betterton on Saturday nights. At one time, Redmonds, who owned farmland on Route 20, and they have a market downstairs. One of the Redmond boys used to take a wagon of hay, and uh, I never went. I was mostly in town. But he would go across the uh, country roads and pick up some of the kids and take them to Betterton because they had the big, what we called a big dance floor down there. And he'd, uh, and he'd park the horses and the wagon, you know, until afterwards, and then they'd all go home. I guess you could call it a hayride or something. We had a class reunion not long ago, and they were talking, you know, some of them were talking about doing that. And, but. Uh, our life was very simple, and of course, it didn't progress any during the war either, mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where did you get your news from? Where did we get our news? Radio. Radio. Mm-hmm. And I lived in the country at that time. We had uh, we didn't have electricity, but we had like water. Our water came. We we had water in the house and whatnot, but it came from a windmill. A real tall, you know, windmill, and uh, we turned it on, and it, it would pump the water from the well up into the big tank, you know, and that would run into the houses and whatnot. And um, everybody had that, and then we had uh, gasoline motors or kerosene motors, and uh, they, they were putting in electricity in the rural areas, and when World War II started, I think, and we, and then after that, well, everybody got electricity. So, and uh, then all the, everybody got, you know, in, more inside plumbing and things, you know, which made it nice. Uh, what was on the radio? Wait, but, hmm? What oh, was on the radio? Oh, what was the guy used to come on? Oh, and he, he'd come on saying to Charles, a day is a sad day. Gabriel Heater. Gabriel Heater. He knew, every, did, have you heard of him? No. <laughs> <laughs> everybody listened to Gabriel Heater. <laughs> He told everything that he knew, you know, and he was always leaning happy or sad or something. And then we had a lot of news on radio. Mm -hmm. And we had newspapers that we had delivered by the mailman. We had a mailman, you know. What kind of newspapers? Well, the Kent News, the Baltimore paper, two or three papers in Baltimore. Kent News Transcript. Yeah, three newspapers in Chestertown. Mm-hmm. How about that? And three oh. drug stores. 
three dentists or more. <laughs> did you have the elm at Washington? Yes, College? we did. Mm-hmm. What was that like? What was what did they write about the elm? Do you remember? I don't remember anything else. What? If everything, nothing. And maybe about people who were going to service or something. But I don't remember any big issues of disagreeing or agreeing with things like mm -hmm. discussions like they have nowadays. You know. Yeah. Were there any sports at Washington College? Mm -hmm. Did you? There are always a nice uh, a lot of sports. No. I, yeah. We all took gym and did things we were supposed to do. You know. What kind of sports did, were there? Well, there was football and soccer, baseball especially, basketball, and we had a gym, a lady's gym teacher used to teach archery and other things, you know. Were your, other, were your friends from Chestertown also, or mm -hmm. were they from? And some, well, and some other people too that came to college. Okay. I lived at home, and, the other, and I did, but I was at, up there a lot, you know, and in town a lot, but uh, they all were boarding, room and board. Um, like how is the college different from today? How is it different? Yeah. <laughs> like, the same way the whole world is different. <laughs> I can remember reading an article in one of the alumni books that written by a fellow, and he said when he came to Washington College, he got off of the train with his trunk. Now, you know where the train was, the yeah. way down the little train station. And he was walking up to go to Washington College, and Charles's father saw him. He asked him, he said, you want to ride up the hill? And he never forgot that. He used to bring, you know, a lot of the kids give him a ride up to college and all. A lot of the college kids patronized that business they had, the soda fountain and everything. Do you remember when FDR came to Washington Oh, yeah. Oh, I do. I do. What was that like? It was very exciting. <laughs> and we had loads and loads of people in town. I remember seeing him now in that big open top car, you know. Everything, everybody was safer and different, you know, riding up town. Uh, he came in uh, on a yacht and down at Harmon Brown. Brown. Do you know where the country club is? No. You've never been out Broad Neck, I mean, a Quaker Neck Road to the country club? I've never been to Yacht, yacht and country yeah. club, golf is courses. He, he down past that. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah, down past, yeah. Down okay. past well, the anyway, he, there's a bend in the river there and all, well, that's where he came in, and then his car met him there. Wasn't that right? Yeah, well, tell him who owned the RCA, wasn't it? Oh, Hiram Brown. I, I've forgotten. He had a connection what, in, on Broadway. Oh, Manhattan. Yeah, RCA. Hiram Brown, I think, owned or had part in the RCA. I guess where that's where it came. What's RCA? The radio RCA station. Radio stations and radios and TVs. And oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, almost everybody had RCA radio and Victrola. We used to kind of we wind the Victrola, you know. Why did he come to Washington College? To make a speech, and we've had other presidents come to Washington College. You know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what he was wanting to talk, um, what his speech was about? Oh no, no. about this tall, yes. <laughs> but he's the one who did a lot for the Eastern Shore and every place where we had rural areas, farmers and people. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people like my father didn't have, didn't have a family with a family farm and all. And we were tenant farmers and moved around often. And then when uh, FDR got in there, well they all had a way to borrow money and buy a place of their own, you know. 
and uh, I forget what they used to call it, farm security or something. I'm not sure what it was. Gosh, I hadn't learned. Even, <laughs> I didn't know I remembered all that. <laughs> um. Tug of War. Oh, Charles likes that story. You know, Washington College at one time, down there near where the mill is. Uh, okay. That, that stream, Redcliffe Creek. Mm -hmm. uh, Washington College used to have Tug of War across that stream. Wow. Some of the guys would have Tug of War across it. But it was a. It was a was freshman, that, I think, a freshman week. Was that a big event? For the whole community? Or well, I don't, I don't know. I just remember them doing it one time. Uh -huh. But whether they done it each year, I don't know. But they did it one time. Wow. Uh -huh. That's kind of interesting. Um, hmm. Do you have anything to say? Like, do you have anything you want to say that we didn't ask any questions about? Is anything you want to tell them that they did not ask a question about? Um, do you have any advice for uh, for the young, for the younger generations? <laughs> they, they wouldn't want to hear it. Oh, they would love to hear <laughs> no, it. I don't. I'm teasing. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, no. I, I, oh, were there any racial tensions in Chattanooga? No. no, we didn't have that until. But 1950s or something, and see, and I, I grew up with black people on the farm and all. They were some of my best friends, even when I was working. Uh, some of my best friends were some of the black teachers that I enjoyed working with, you know. And uh, and so we never we never had any problems accepting black people. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Chestertown people were a little bit different. I I don't know. That's what uh, uh, I guess you have to give the the, the big town. And the city black people credit for changing the black people's life, you know. Was there segregation during? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was t I was teaching when that uh, when they uh, became integrated and all. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, as I say, I was entirely different. And we were uh, when they were uh, having what was that day called? When they had oh freedom riders come to town or something. Yeah. Well, I, I, we were just home all the time. We were, I think we were living on Mount Vernon Avenue or maybe Philosopher's Terrace. Mount Vernon Avenue, I think. I'm not sure. And uh, I wanted to go, my mother lived, and parents lived in Fairleigh. And we went, <laughs> I don't know if you want to put this on there. And we were riding out High Street. And of course, there were these big crowds of black people. And we were riding along, you know where the subway shop is? Yes. Uh -huh. Across from there was a little film station, and here were all these black people and two little white faces in the middle of the whole of them. And it was our son and Ed Athey. Oh. <laughs> he was a coach at the college. Ed Athey was well, his son, Eddie. Yeah. Our children were very friendly with his children, and they had a lot of good advantages when they were growing up, you know, with good people. Was the Uptown Club? Very yes, but I didn't. We didn't know that much about it. I've learned more about the Uptown Club than <laughs> since you know the last few years. What's the Uptown Club? Well, that was Charlie Graves over here. But but then there was a town. There's a a club. That, uh, I don't know what they called it now. Downtown. They used to have a lot of important black people come to entertain. Yeah, on Cannon Street, back off of Cannon Street, was it? 
Um, I've forgotten now what I was. I don't know where it is now because it was torn down. Yeah, but I mean where it was. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. But. Mm -hmm. When I was on the board for the historical society, somebody was, came to town was yeah. talking about that, and that's how I found. And I never knew too much about it. That's before I think my day. Yeah. <laughs> how? What was your reaction when the war ended? Happy. Happy. Everybody was coming home. Yeah. <laughs> Going to have a new life. <laughs> Did they have any um, celebrations in Chestertown? Oh, yeah. Church, the church services and gatherings and, and then, you know, parades and all. Did people become more religious because after the war? They well, they probably did, but that was their religion. was really for way of life for most people in those days. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. I think uh, maybe that was an introduction to a lot of other ideas and whatnot, too, after the war, yeah. But uh, I, I can't really answer that. Were you, know. like, very thankful for what... Were you very thankful after yeah. the war? Oh, yes, we were. Yeah. Thankful that we hadn't had a war on our side of the ocean in our country yeah. and thankful for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. What about you, Charles? You're just best at everything. Right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. But you know, you have to realize now, during the war, we had, there were no new automobiles, mm -hmm. no new machinery, like farm machinery or anything, and uh, not even parts, you know, for like the ice cream factory and the cannery and all the other things in town. And things were really downhill for, you know, until they got going, but there was plenty of help available for the first time. But they were, all were riding in old cars that were old and in bad shape and, you know. So it was really a big awakening, you know, to see a lot of the changes. Well, I guess before the war, they, a lot of farmers used to come to town on Saturday nights and had diagonal parking. Yeah. We used to, my, my, we came to town on Saturday night and we walked the streets and everything while my, and my mother and father, you know, shopped and then they would visit too. Everybody was parked, as he said, diagonally, you know. And um, there was a candy store in town up where uh, Butter, where the Lemon Leaf is now. And one part of that building was a candy store. And we'd go in there with a nickel and we'd pick out the five pieces of candy we wanted. <laughs> And that store was there for a long time, wasn't it, Mr. Schreiber? Right. He had a wholesale candy business, you know, around those. And he'd get so impatient sometimes, you know. He and some his family would work in there. When we couldn't decide if we wanted that one or this one, you know. And after a while, we'd get all five pieces and we wanted. But that's what most of us had, a nickel on Saturday night to buy five kinds of candy, you know. What kind of candies were there? Hard candy and chocolate drops and all kinds of candy. You know, like you hurry up. Oh yeah, you'd say, hurry up, come on, what do you want? <laughs> I have a long line. Yeah. <laughs> and next door to that was a drugstore named Mr. Smith and he was very well known. He used to, they, he had two booze in there. All the drugstores had a place to uh, eat like a soda fountain those days. Well, he had two booze and he had root beer in a metal a mug with a handle on it. Well, that was something different for us, you know. Delicious root beer. I guess he and his wife maybe made it. I don't know. My mother used to make root beer, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Was it like birch beer? Or is it, I, it was root beer. Root beer. Maybe it was birch beer and I didn't know the difference. <laughs> I don't know. But it was called root beer. <laughs> R-O-O-T, root. What kind of other businesses were there? There's, you said there's a candy Clo business. Oh, and uh, oh, the clothing stores. clothing stores. We had really nice clothing stores. On Bordish Corner was, a, I guess, the outstanding men's store. Next to that was Mr. Wheat's clothing store, and then the American store, and then what else was there? Fox Bonnets and Foxes and... Candy Kitchen and lots of different kinds of stores. Did you know the owners? Oh yeah. yeah, we knew we knew everyone. Charles did especially because his father did business with all of them. And then see, in Cross Street, that's where his business was. The ice cream factory was. What's that? What's that place called now? Can, uh, oh, it's next to the Sultana building that used to be a meat shop, Hadaway's Meats, and the old firehouse is on the other side. Teacups, uh, pe petals and teacups or something. They call it the name of the shop. She sells cards and all kinds of little things in there. That was the ice cream factory. Oh. It didn't look like that. It, uh, the building did, but not inside. Come on, you finished, sweetie? Yeah, I have to go. Ray, this is Abby and Hi. Zachariah. Elijah. Oh, Elijah. <laughs> this is my grandson, great grandson, Ray Gill. <laughs> You finished, did you? Yeah. You're willing to sit down and listen to him, like. I was good. Oh, yeah, he don't want to listen to old people. Well, you gotta get something in, huh? Yeah. Get some money out of dish. Okay. Your history is very interesting. I loved See you talking about it. Hi. You say goodbye, Granddaddy. <laughs> thank you. Oh, I thank you. We'll see you. Uh, yeah, I'll watch the rest of your car. Okay, can you sign it out? your great grandson. Not long ago, he did all these curtains for me. Wow. He doesn't really like that. He washed all the windows. I contracted the job because I wanted to be sure he got it finished. <laughs> He's pretty dependable, though. But he washed all the windows on the outside and then uh, on the end, on the inside, and I washed the curtains. He hung all that. That's something I made one of those during the war. That means I was in the medics, made a bracelet out of a, one of the litters. It's amazing. That, you know so many interesting stuff. <laughs> and this is just from French, French Monet. Oh, I got one here I'm kind of proud of. How many countries have you traveled to? Huh? How many countries have you traveled to? Well, not too many. I went to Scotland, landed in Scotland. Can you recognize that name? You wouldn't even know him. He may have called his name. Is that R. James? Uh, so he's probably wouldn't know him either. <laughs> That's too old for him. Joss? Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis. You ever hear Joe Lewis? He's, he's been the Brown Bomber. He, he's a boxer, big boxer, yeah. world, yeah. world champion. He stopped by Litchfield Barracks where we were working. In a, in a, you got an autograph? Huh? That's an autograph? That's an autograph. That's the only thing I had to put it on. Other people were getting an autograph. This is in the dispensary. We were working in, a, in a England, and he came through there, which a lot of guys did come through. But uh, that's, I'm kind of proud of that, Joe Lewis. That would be worse than money, but now, 10 shillings.
Have you hold it up? I think you'll see the queen or somebody on there, or whoever was in charge at that time. Yeah, it looks like um, He's wearing some kind of hat. You know, Queen Elizabeth, I think. Yeah, right here. There's like something, somebody here. Yeah, I don't know who it is. But a lot of those bills will have that. But uh, the Queen, at a time, she was in Wrens when we were over there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's different. They didn't meet the Queen. <laughs> no. That's, that's invasion money. That's what they gave American GIs to spend. So you received that money from your officer? Yeah, from her. Yeah. Wherever you, whatever. This is a German, Dutch mark. What did you get with that money? Uh -huh. What did you get with that money? You could, you could shop with anywhere. Shop? They, they, uh, uh, recognize you, you know. Do you remember what you bought? Oh, no. <laughs> But a lot of these, I don't think that does. That's, that's amazing money there, too. Who's that? I don't know who that is. I don't even think it has another picture. What kind of money is It has a picture over here. If you hold it up to the light, you can see this guy. Oh, yeah. Is this French money, or what money is this from? I don't know what that is. I'd look. Oh, it's a Dutch marker. So it's like the guy from. He looks huh? like Lenin. Looks like Lenin from Russia. Right. <laughs> I, I wasn't in Russia, no. Yeah. My son's going to have to worry about what he does with all this stuff. But that guy, he's president, or whoever he is, would have his picture in there. Can you see a picture in there? Mm, yeah, I do. I don't know who, he, who was the president or whatever, the king or something. Yeah, that's Belgium. Belgique. Belgium. Belgique, I think. Uh, I don't think that's the entertaining story I think that's German. That's probably Dutch Mark or something. But Joe Lewis would be able to get some money for that sometime. That's just all, that's invasion money. That, that must be France, I guess, or it might be Belgium. Who, do you, who did you ride around the Jeep? I put 30,000 miles on Jeep. But uh, in fact, I, I had something I was gonna show you, but you were busy getting straight on the... <laughs> Here's here's what what the bombs hit right. This is about next next door to us. That's motor sergeant there. That's at the truck my brother drove. That's my brother and I together. But when those bombs would hit, 
This is what the building would look like. Wow. It would tear them right apart. So that's what it looked like all over Belgium? Yeah. Right, like a bit of it. Is that you or is that your That's me. And here's one thing I had downtown Belgium. That's a pillbox. German kaput. Somebody wrote that on after the war was over, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you can, I'm going to show them your little statues, Charles. Isn't that you? It doesn't have anything to do with that. You're a one-handsome fella. Huh? You're a one-handsome fella. Oh. <laughs> was your brother younger than you or older? He's older. You're older than I am. I'm trying to show you that picture Francis is talking about. Blondie. I, I never. You want to show your girl? <laughs> huh? You want to show me Blondie? Yeah. I think she moved to South Africa or something. I guess you know this famous statue from Belgium. He sent everybody these, these that he brought home with him. Yeah, but we were in Belgium. Where did you get those? In Belgium? Yeah, he did. But we were over there. We saw the statue. It was so unimportant. Just a little thing. I couldn't understand why some, they made so much money off of it. Is this an ashtray? Yeah, that's an ashtray. And this is... Yeah, that's, that's up where... This was taken from up on the Citadel, looking down over the city. That's why I, I think in the old days they had a, a high spot they always fought from. Mm -hmm. What's the, is that everyone in your um, group? That, that was in basic training. That boy, <laughs> that's one of my old friends, Monty Gordon. He, he's about as old as I am. He's, he lives in Delaware now. Oh, wow. He's a Jewish boy, Morton, Morton Gordon. Mm -hmm. nice that's my name. last name. Huh? That's my last name, Gordon. Is, is it? Gordon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is his name? Where are you from, Abby? I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, I live near Princeton. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm also from New Jersey. Oh, how about that? Yeah. She lives in South Jersey. I thought up there. Well, I'm a sister living in New Jersey in her family. That's what the big one rocket looked like. Yeah, Monty again. Monty Gordon. We went into service together. He lived, lived right here in Chestertown. He did live in Chestertown. Yeah, he and his whole family, his, his father. I often asked me about his father. I heard his father had some bayonet wounds on his back from a Russian-Japanese war. He said, no, it was on his head. Maybe we should So he came from Russia. Huh? He lived in Chestertown? No. He, no, he lives in the... Dover now. He is a very well. Oh, okay. He lost his, his eyesight and everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know where. I want to show you the names. You you you'll be able to pick them out. Okay. Yeah, I drove drove thirty thousand miles, and uh, <laughs> he had some really I, nice Jewish families in town. Clock just bought in time, and the doors had the Oreo shoe store. Chief's got work and, twice. Um, 
bonnets had the dress and then Gordon, they had jumped. They were going out to see their girlfriend at night, one of the boys in the Jeep, and I had some strafing, bombing strafing, and evidently tore the top off of one Jeep, trying to get out of the way, I guess, or, and another time, this guy tore the Jeep up. I still remember, remember the Jeep number, 204 Wow. I'm impressed you remember that. And they, you know what they do over, overseas, what they do overseas when they ride the Jeep, they take the hood off and put it on the other one. Because it had the numbers on it. <laughs> We used to have guys come in to uh, get uh, medical supplies mm -hmm. from the front line, and you'd see their trucks, they'd have big six by six trucks getting medical supplies. They would uh, have a strafe, bullet strafes all over their windshields. So I don't know whether they were in or they were in foxholes. That's basic training stuff there. I wanted to show you some of these names. I don't know whether this is basic or not. Oh, this is, this is what we, there's some names near New Jersey. Oh. A whole list of all of them. And there's one there, Jack Redding. He was from uh, New Jersey. You know where Tishner Street is there? In New Jersey? Hmm? Tishner Street. Huh? I don't know. He, his uh, father got died while he was overseas. It really broke his heart. And we see Jack Redding there and I, but gives his address. There's Plainsville, New Jersey. All over the country. Up around New York. That's a whole bunch I was in service with in our company. December, you know, six weeks. Valentine's Day. Yeah. In fact, when we got married, 
We had to take the ferry to Washington. Right. Didn't have a bridge. Didn't have Bay Bridge then. We had to register our bus. Now, Alan took us down. Your brother took us to the ferry, and then we got the Red Star bus to Washington. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way we all did. Did you guys go on a honeymoon? Yeah, in Washington. In yeah, Washington? Yeah, they had to go to Annapolis, not on, on the Washington. Got to Bosa, I think, to Washington, didn't we? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll call me. I'll get Michael to call you guys and see if we can make an appointment to scan and take pictures of some of these things. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, whatever you feel comfortable with. And what are you going to do? Um, to take pictures of, like things oh, like okay. these we might take pictures of or those photos we may scan and we document them. Yeah. We're doing like an exhibit or something with the stories that we collect over these next two weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're sharing these stories to the public so anyone would be interested in looking at. Mm -hmm. And we're also, all the students are doing a blog and we're writing we're do, like writing a section of stories mm -hmm. about for each interview and learning about what you said and it's really great. <laughs> we didn't tell you much of the No, you talk about a lot actually. It's surprising. It's great. I was really, I was really impressed. What are you majoring that. in? At I'm college. anthropology, cultural anthropology. Uh -huh. I'm undecided. Uh -huh. yeah. I'm hopefully going, I'm going to Australia next semester. Oh, you are? Exchange? Yeah, I'm studying abroad there. Yeah. Go down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to shut this up. Oh, yeah. It'll be pretty hot in Australia. Australia.